Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Steve Hildry, and I am on my lonesome... Oh, so sad. But the reason I'm talking to you from the car is, one, because I want to be more like Rob Fnuff. In everything in, in everything in life I do, I'm trying more to be like the colossus that astrides us uh, that is Robert Fnuff. Um But I am on the way to a Celestial Ford. Welcome to Panathor, which is, I think, the first version 3 tournament in the UK event calendar. Um, I say I think because Christmas Carnage, which is run by Matt James of Rules Committee fame, was yesterday. But I think Christmas Carnage was version 2, because obviously Uncharted Empires, at the time of recording, has not been released. But welcome to Panathor. They decided to just go for it anyway. Um, they wanted to run a version 3 tournament because uh, version 2 feels a long time ago. So despite the armies not being out for Panathor, it's it's core armies only version 3 tournament, so it's very exciting. This is my, my I suppose it's my most local tournament. It's a, a mere 45 minute drive away, which in American terms is literally next door. And in the UK is, is, is close. Um, it beats out Black Dragon by five minutes of a journey. So sorry, Gary. But well, I'm sorry, it's my fault for living in Birmingham. So, I live in Birmingham in the UK, and this tournament is in a little town called Worcester, which is a very pretty town, um, as I've mentioned, about 45 minutes away from, uh, from Birmingham. So, it is a 2,000-point version 3 tournament, core armies only, and they've had a good turnout, actually. We're uh, looking at 20-odd people, which is big for a UK one day. Um, so big they had to move venues, which is very, very encouraging. So, we'll see how many players are there uh, when I arrive. I am alone in the car. Normally, I have my my tournament my tournament buddy Simon with me who uh, travels to tournaments with me but Simon lives next door to Worcester so I am alone lonely just talking to you guys is the only company in my journey otherwise I have to listen to really bad Sunday morning radio uh, so it's a three game tournament and I am bringing Undead um, and I'm bringing Undead because it's the only army I practically have that's nicely painted now I would say and I wanted to play Undead why did I want to play? Just because I did. I bought an undead army, basically. A painted undead army. But it was really, really badly painted. And I've been kind of... I thought, oh, this would just be my fun army. I'm just going to glue it to bases, badly painted as it is. And um, and then just play it for fun. Because I think undead's quite fun to play. Um, and then I glued some to bases. And I looked at them and I went, nah, I can't I can't face looking at this paint job. Uh, no offence to the person I bought it from. And so I've been gradually repainting them. And I got very, very into repainting them to the point where I think they look all right. I've been taking some lessons from from the legendary Austin Carrigan uh, because I was having because I had a Morgoth to paint right, uh, and I wanted to do like OSL because you know if you don't know the Morgoth uh, figure, then it's it's got two like giant balls of lightning in his hands and he's all covered in like armor and stuff and or cloth. And I just thought we looked really cool with OSL, a bit weird without it. Um, so I started to try and I I was uh, failing hard. And so I, um, I put a call and said, look, I'm really struggling with this. And Austin said, look, come have a chat with me, show me the model. And he taught me through it. And, and basically his advice boiled down to, um, this is glaze medium and you should be using it. And I was like, okay, so I'll give it a go. And I whacked out the, uh, the glaze medium 
And I gotta tell you, the stuff is a revolution. It's incredible. To the point where, unless I'm base coating a model now, I'm practically using medium instead of water on everything that I paint, because it just makes the paint flow. So I'll tell you how good it is. It makes Army Painter paints flow well. And I was like, I thought Army Painter paints was the worst. They just need a bit of medium. I tell you, they're amazing. So uh, my painting's got a bit better, I think. And so I've got this army painted up that I think looks really good. So it is made up of the models that I have. Um, it's not probably the ideal kind of version three army that I'd like or maybe think I should be taking, but I think it's pretty good. So my list is, I've got a Horde of Revenants with the Brew of Strength. I've got two troops of ghouls. Um, I've got a regiment of wraiths. Naked, um, I've got some Soul Reaver Cavalry that I've given Elite to. Uh, I have got some werewolves with Caterpillar. I've got a Necromancer with uh, Drain Life 5. Uh, he comes with Surge normally. I'm the Inspiring Talisman. I have got um, a Gorblite, the new Gorblite monster, who I think is great. I've got a Revenant King on Undead Great Flying Worm with Breath and Surge. And Morgoth the Faceless, because no Undead list doesn't take Morgoth the Faceless. So, if, you, I mean, if I was going to write, I'd probably take Whites and instead of the Soul River Cavalry, because Soul River Cavalry are still great, they are still fantastic and their range is great, but Whites is only one less um, and still pretty amazing. I'd probably play around with a zombie build for fun, but I haven't got it. I probably have got enough zombies actually. I'm just not sure I can face painting enough zombies. And I, I like the Death Pack over the Ghouls, to be honest, um, but again, I don't uh, have any models for Death Pack. The only other thing that I'd probably play with taking, taking is like a, a Vampire on Pegasus rather than the Rev King. The Rev King's all right, but um, he's very war machinable and he only hits on fours. So I kind of think the Vampire and Pegasus has got less surge, but um, is more flexible, uh, hits a bit harder. But anyway, I have what I have. And so we're gonna have fun uh, finding out uh, how the tournament runs. So I will catch up with you when I'm there. Hi, this is Rob Berman and you're listening to Counter Charge. <laughs> all right, so it's post game one and I am walking to, what are we going to a sandwich shop? Pastry shop. Pastry shop. Pastry shop with Mr. Richard Miller. The, 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 the best pastry shop in Worcester. The best is that's not a big choice though, I feel, at pastry shops, is it? <laughs> it's home of pastry. <laughs> so with Mr. Richard Miller and Cy Brand. Hello. Hi. Hello. Cy is the nicest dressed man in Kings of War, by the way, <laughs> always immaculate. Like otherwise I feel like a tramp. <laughs> anyway, so post game one, Richard, how's the tournament going so far? Yeah, Happy? good. Yeah, good. Uh, good turnout. Yeah. Uh, everything's running smoothly. So scenery's on point. Yeah, looking really nice. Looks really nice. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Don't, don't brush them up too much. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, really good. I'm right at the bottom. I need to <laughs> Yeah. So I've just played Sai. Um, so I bought my own dead Sai. What were you bringing? Northern Alliance. Northern Alliance. So I've not played, well, I've not played Northern Alliance before. Um, so talk us briefly through your list. Um, so it's a couple of ice elemental hordes, uh, a couple of pack hunter troops with, uh, not troops, regiments with the uh, javelin upgrade. So lots of 12 inch, 10 inch shooting, bit yep. frozen action in there. Um, Let it go. Punchy go regiment of huskars with elites. Um, yeah, they are nasty. A big naiad horde for some ensnare fun as well. Yep. And a bear, a phosphan guy, um, and a couple of characters knocking around. They're inspiring 
um, and rally one character as well. Yep. Which I think everyone's going to take because it's stupid. He's just really, really good. Yeah. Really good. So, um, have you played? How much have you played them before? So today? I played Northern Lights. This is like my fourth game with them now. Um, done all right so far. <laughs> done all right. <laughs> Re-ending this conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Done okay. Uh, so I, I find that they're really punchy, but they're kind of slow. They are slow, yeah. So you, you, it's that pressure of the, of the kind of shooting that we need to get in, the, get the pressure on with the shooting. So with the ice elementals, you can do the shooting and surging, which is yeah, yeah. obviously a lot which of fun. Which works really well. Uh, if you don't double one a horde. If you don't double one a horde. I mean, this, they're, quite a, they're, they're not your Varunga run-in, smash-face army. They just don't have the speed for that that I've found. Yeah. So you need to be a bit more, a bit more smart about how you play. Yeah. And roll better. And roll better, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had um, quite a, a terrain-heavy board, lots of blocking yeah. terrain. I, and you chose the dwarven um, mining colony yeah, or something, right? Yeah. That, yeah. So I think I had three pieces of blocking terrain on my side, and there was a, a, there's a left hand of the board was quite clear. For invade as well, yeah. And it was invade as well, so you had to get across. So you deployed pretty heavily on that left flank. Yep. And I deployed heavily on the right flank. Yeah. <laughs> so I deployed amongst the houses, and I just put some werewolves and some ghouls on the left. Um, and then probably ran away with them. And probably ran away with them yeah. for the entire game, which meant your, your Nyad Horde, which is the Horde I was most worried about, because like, you kind of want that to be in the middle, getting, yeah. or getting hit or not getting hit. Yeah. Um, didn't really have a lot to do for the most of the, the game. And then I rolled... <laughs> um, I didn't roll less than a 10 for three turns on nerf rolls. Yeah, lots, lots of wavering and lots of wavering. taking off a unit on needing a 10, getting a 10. Yes, that was one. Yeah. You need a 10 on this. And I kind of looked at you and you went... I swapped nerve dice, uh, Ian, <laughs> da- Ian Davis, if you're listening. He did swap nerve dice and then probably rolled another and 10. And then rolled another 10 immediately. Um, <laughs> didn't I roll a 10 and an 11 in one yeah. succession? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, just not fair, is it really? Yeah. Um, anyway, so then uh, I could swing around and. Um, yeah, basically, I, my, I just couldn't hold the, against the, that kind of level of pressure yeah. um, and ended up with just the Nyans left at the end. We managed to get across the board. So they did, yes, yeah, so they were on my side. I, I did genuinely get. Four, Some that's four unit strength as well, so that's a decent yeah, amount of unit strength. strength. But unfortunately, you've had about 400 unit <laughs> strength, something like that. It's quite elite, but yeah, no, it worked, it worked really well. So sorry about that. No, no, it's, it's fine. only comfort. I've now got a maximum point victory, so I'm going to have to play someone that, that's, that's going to... You can say it, it's good. You're a very good player. You're a very good player. My most tense match at Clash of Kings was against you. We don't know yeah, yeah. Um, and that was incredibly... Cause we timed out, both of us timed out at the end. Yeah. Um, and that was kill as well. It was a stupid scenario. No, yeah, I didn't enjoy that. So very, very sorry. No, it was still a good game. Still a good, good game. Really good time. Right, let's get some uh, pastry. Pastry on. So I'm here with uh, Simon Cooper. Come back here, young man. Oh, he's saying his drink. Oh, so close. Simon Cooper, everybody. Russell Harris, two friends of mine. So, um, how are you finding it? How was your game one? Uh, uh, the cheeky win. The cheeky 20, win. 24 victory points out of a maximum of 25. So pretty happy with that. Simon, you did a 25, right? 25 out of 25. So yeah, you two must things. be pretty close to the top of the old table there. Potentially, we could be playing each other next. I don't think so, no. There's three people oh, on 25 that right. start right now. Good. So. There's three 25s, one 24. So you'll play somebody that's got 25, but... We say, so what are you playing, Russ? Uh, undead. Quite undead, without Morgoth. Without Morgoth. What? What are you thinking of? <laughs> yeah. He just, he just likes to buck the trend. That's the kind of guy he is. Yeah. Uh, three hordes of zombie trolls... Uh, and then some Revenant cavalry, yeah. uh, sorry, uh, vampire cavalry, and then just some bits and bobs just uh, did the job. Obviously, lots of surge, yeah. it's got to be done. Yeah, it worked really well. Got the vicious aura on your neck, man. Got the vicious aura, obviously. Yeah. And some drain life. And your trolls, that's really. Yeah, the zombie trolls. Zombie trolls are money, that they're great. I think zombie trolls are probably better than the. Uh, 
hordes of uh, bog standard zombies now. Now they've dropped them down to defense too. Yeah. They just pop too easy. I'd probably either go troop or legion. I probably wouldn't bother with yeah, one or the other. The other ones too much. Unless, unless you're just purely for the unlocks. Yeah. But I don't think, um, Undead, I don't think it hurts for unlocks because you've got loads of stuff that unlocks. Like yeah. the trolls. Like the trolls, yeah. It can be benefited from the zombie yeah, they're brilliant. I think Wraiths unlock, don't they? Yeah. Wraiths unlock and White Stone, so even Wraiths unlock. I, I don't tend to find that people take regiments of Wraiths that much. I tend to find it's... Uh, yeah, I know. He, no, I, I, I know do. I, I take regiments of Wraiths. They're dash 16. That's great. And with Strider, that's brilliant. I like to just chance my look at the defence six and see them through yeah. most nibbles. And then anything that's going to kill them with decent amount of attacks, they, they tend to disappear pretty quick anyway. Yeah. Cool. So, Simon, you've bought uh, Ogres. Yep. So, Simon Cooper is a man who has every army. Every bloody army. Um, so, you just pick and choose. So, why did you go with Ogres this time? I thought you were doing um, Trident Realm. I was, but due to uh, orders being delayed from uh, oh. other games, I couldn't get the army ready in time. Oh. So, uh, couldn't, you know, I didn't want to work too hard at it because I'm lazy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I went with Ogres because they're ready to go. What I had to do was something off their bases, put them on the um, uh, multi bases, and you're done. You're done. I'm looking at your army now. So it's the uh, GW Fat Ogres. Yep, good old Ogres. Most classics. We've got a couple of Shieldbreaker Hordes. Uh, was it Rangers? What are they called? Um, Berserker Braves. Braves, isn't it? Braves. Uh, Siegebreaker uh, Hordes with my own custom made shields. They look good, actually. They're really nice. <laughs> bomb wagons, which are ridiculous. Three bomb wagons, they are ridiculous. They are. And a couple of pounds. And I think people are taking less shooting as well because they think shooting is just not that great. So suddenly there's less stuff to shoot off your bomb wagons. Yeah, because shooting is taking a bit of a hit into it. But... Not so much, but you still got two hordes of boomers. How were how they in your first game, the boomers? Did they manage to they still. They got really lucky. They got a really lucky shot of um, werewolf unit, didn't see the point of damage. The werewolf then charged that said boomer unit. Ah, oh, okay. Oh, okay, chill That's out. That's what you get for being So you were against Undead first game, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you... Um, um, Dave Briggs. Dave Briggs. Very, very, very good. You see with his dad, which I think is really nice. It's good, yeah. And I've seen him over a year or two now, and he's getting, getting better at the game. Nice to see him grow and change and learn and do clever manoeuvres, which me and my friends do. They even <laughs> quoted Steph's tactics. Oh, so he's been learning from Stefan, really of all people to learn from. It's the dragon flying behind the lines with the boots of levitation. Breathing right. on the enemy. The enemy turned to face it. The dragon then buggers off elsewhere and burns into something else. And it's just really frustrating. At one point, I realised my entire rogue army had turned around to face it because none of the things could get charged. I didn't want to get charged in the breeze, so I had to face it. So you're spinning around to face so dragons? I had to turn to face it. It's not great in the rest of his army. But you still won. Yes. Yeah. I did a bit of love at one stage. The tip did. Yeah. Good. So we were, um, this is the first version 3 tournament? Yeah, I just want to say, in case you haven't said it, obviously Celestial Forge is in Worcester. Some of the nicest tables that I've seen at a tournament. They've obviously put a lot of work into this, so if anyone's on the Facebook pages, just look up uh, Celestial Forge. Have they paid you for, no, for no. this uh, discussion? Because it's, it's literally 15 minutes from the house, this is perfect. So you want people to come? I want lots of people to come and lots more tournaments here, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. so we um, you play normally at um, Road Traders, which is uh, mainly a 40k club, right? Yeah, it's literally one person there that plays Kings of War. I come sometimes, That's, I come sometimes. I've been twice. And then I play my mate at home, so for me to come to a tournament and play three or four games against different opponents is great. Yeah. 
it's really good. And you also, do you play at um, Stourbridge sometimes as well? Uh, very, very occasionally. Obviously, if you've got the convenience of playing at home, I get a bit lazy and I can't, yeah. can't be bothered to drive anywhere then. But then you're just playing Dan every single yeah, day. Yeah, I just right? mean, I just keep beating Dan, Dan Wright all the time. <laughs> keep beating him, the man that won the last tournament that he exactly. went to. Exactly, so that makes, what does that make me? It makes me great, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You just must be the best player in the world. Best player in my bedroom. I heard a rumour about you, Russ. I heard a rumour of it. And this is going to shock some people. You've run out of models to paint. Is this, I have is this run true? Out, I've run out of models to paint, so what? I've painted uh, Dan's entire dwarf farmy 3,000 points that I did it in three weeks. And, and to be clear, and I was on he's not just for two weeks of that. He's not just slapping paint on, right? Russell is a very, very good painter. His armies are beautiful. He's just banging them out. What's, what's the secret? What would you say the, the one secret, secret is, to fast painting? Uh, Netflix and YouTube, <laughs> and just sit there and just crack on with it. That's not a painting secret, though, That's, is it? No, it's, it's just got to just uh, obviously bulk paint. Stick a good box set on uh, and just turn your brain off. Just do it. No, no kids is the secret. Don't have any children. Yeah, having no social life and no kids. <laughs> right, we're off to the next round. I'm Grant Alexander from the Bexley Reapers and you're listening to Counter Charge. So I'm here with uh, Dan Wright. Dan, who is the... You live the closest to me and we played like two, three times ever, right? Yeah, we're we probably, need to address that. We need to address that probably soon. Um, so you're coming off a, a hot victory streak. Yes, were you uh, last version two tournament, pretty much? Yeah, but that's one for me anyway. And you came first? I did. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> My first ever podium. A 13th attempt, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. yeah, yeah. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> so you've um, you bought dwarves again? I have, yes. So talk, talk, talk through your list briefly. Uh, so yeah, last tournament was the first time I'd used them. Um, and it's basically the same list because it's pretty similar. Just version three did. Yeah. So Either Cheaper or more expensive? Slightly cheaper. Oh, it's 50 points cheaper, and then the Banner of the Griffin makes it 75 points cheaper because that doesn't exist doesn't anymore. Doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, so it is a horde of ironclad. Yeah. Uh, two regiments of shield breakers yeah. with mastiffs, a regiment of iron guard with mastiffs, two troops of iron guard, of shield breakers with mastiffs, two regiments of rock riders, strength, and uh, last time it's Pathfinder, but this time Sharpness, because that's got cheaper. Uh, and yeah, points. for a regiment, that's brilliant. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Ten points cheaper on them. Uh, and then I have two Brock Lords, Blade of the Beast Slayer and Sharpness. They're just uh, money. Slashing. Slashing, right, yeah. Yeah, the King of Large Beast, who's better now. He's much better now. Yeah, so he's yeah. got three Brock Lords from version two. Yes. Uh, uh, Flying King, who's still useful. Gee, I wonder why you're doing well. I can't... <laughs> <laughs> and and BSB with the loop. Very nice. Eh? I've got dwarf infantry. That's yeah. <laughs> rare, right? No organ guns. So, Hazy, uh, you've had two wins so far. Yes. This is after game two. Yes. Small, small. So, so seventeen. That's the first win. Nineteen and a 19. twenty-two. A twenty-two. I have sitting on four objectives. So I think you're in a good place now because you're you're going to be playing someone really good. But last you would have coming under the, the people that were coming yeah the like I say I think I styled it in the first one by winning just enough to avoid yeah. the, the, the best armies here so your first one was a dwarf off against um, was yeah well, I wasn't really that confident because it's against the UK number one Bob it, indeed against the UK number one yeah <laughs> with his four brocks four brock righteous he's only got the two he dropped the ogres the shooting the ogre shooters yeah. and one of the organ guns so he only had the rifle horde and two organ guns and a flame priest I think this is good. So more fast stuff than me and more shooting, so... It's pretty good. It sounded quite like it was Invade, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and he you basically he killed your whole army apart from one unit. Yeah, in the end, he I only had my horde left, but they were on his side, so that's four points. Yep. And he didn't have anything on my side. He had a Brock unit kind of half and half. Yeah. But it was, he realised it was pointless because you 
his horde was too they're shooting so right. they were too far back so he just tried to kill stuff in the last turn yeah but yeah he gave me the first turn I think because of his reload shooting yeah yeah. or and right, pot shot shooting but that helped me really because I just pushed forward he backed off and I was thinking well if he might kill my stuff but he's dwarfed as well so Doesn't, yeah. is he going to get over the line you know very slow uh, yeah so I just pushed forward uh Got a little bit of luck, to be fair. I had the yeah, better rolls, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. said. But I have, I've been obscenely lucky this tournament. It's fair to say. My <laughs> dice rolls have been really, really good. So, what was your second game? So, the second game, well, speaking of that, I mean, the second game I won as well. And I did get better luck, but I think my opponent was putting it more down to luck than maybe he should have done. Do you want to name and shame? The no, 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 no. But I, think, I did get better luck, it's true. Right. But right. He, he. Well, what was he playing? Uh, he had Abyssals. Okay, I haven't seen a lot of abyssals this, this year. Yeah, yeah so. but it was the new one, Salt the Earth. Yeah, Salt the Earth. Yeah. So you can destroy objectives, but it's pillage basically. Yeah. So he had fastest. He had abyssals, uh, two hordes of Molochs, the horde of no, regiment of knights, who we call them horsemen. Uh, some two fly characters, yeah. the Well of Souls, uh, and two Succubi regiments. I think that's it. Uh, but yeah, I put the tokens as close together as possible for four of them because of seven tokens yeah. thinking I was going to sit my infantry there and then I started off by actually put one of them right in the corner of the side I didn't want Yeah. thinking if he gets the roll who you might choose that one because yeah. it's in the back Okay. but he's only got gargoyles to sit on it and if they sit on it then they're not getting in the way Yeah. Fair and enough. if anything else sits on it they're expensive Yeah. Yeah. so that worked because he took the side that I didn't want okay. because of that and then didn't leave anything on them so didn't get him anything uh, and my first deployment I put a unit right on the side I wasn't going to deploy right hoping he would put more stuff there which he did yeah but he then he should have been more aggressive on that side because he could have smashed through it he had like four units against my one Brock unit and a character and I was thinking they're just going to he's going to roll over hopefully it. they'll hold him up for two turns but he backed off and gave me a charge which killed a, a unit and then it took him a while to get through right so he actually held up quite a lot of his army so I think he should have been more so things like that he should have been more I aggressive I think with Abyssals you've just got to be aggressive right it's a real punch army you've just got to get in and punch as hard as you can yeah. as fast as you can and if he'd done that he could have since they're all fast he could have swung around yeah. and suddenly I'd have loads of fast stuff in the flank of my dwarf hordes who aren't really going to care about it right mm. so it's good so um, come up with a 22 yes so, so I again I was about 50 points below the next kill ah, <laughs> could have one more one more gargoyle yeah 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 but uh, yeah, so that's close, but I was sitting on four objectives. So. To be honest, you're in a, probably a quite a good place for that kind of stuff. It's not really submarining since you've won twice, but you know, just winning enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just style it really. Yeah. But this last one's going to be the decider, I guess. The only three game tournaments. There's not a lot of separation at the top. Yeah, I mean, probably won't win unless I win massively next time because you can't really afford to drop that many points, can you? Yeah, I think it's been a couple of double twenty five, so mm. maybe. But podiuming is certainly there. Oh yeah. yeah, and I think now, even if I lose my last game, I think I was checking my stats today. Uh, if I lose my next game, I would have won the same amount of tournament games as I'd lost. So oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That so feels my, like a good place to be. Because my first tournament, I, lo I lost all four games that came last. I've been, <laughs> I've been catching up ever since. <laughs> yeah, you're not, not, not on a catch up. Cool. Anyway, well, um, we better get back in there at some point. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Good luck for the rest of it. No worries. Thank you. All right, so I'm here with uh, David and Martin, a father and son combo. Hello. 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 Nice to meet you guys. Um, so I suppose, uh, how, are you, how are you finding the tournament today? Really good. Are you local to the area or where do you guys live? Oh, Midway. Um, wow, you've come quite a way. 180 miles. 
So what was it just because you wanted a version for the tournament? You wanted to go or? No, he told me about it. Yeah, we went to the or I went to the clash uh, 2018. Yeah. And I spoke with Steph and Rich and sent me a message. Was it last year? 2018 or 2019? This year. No, this year. This year, 19. Yeah, sorry, yeah, what's going on? 2019. We're in the year 2019, correct. Year's gone. All year. Yeah, so I went there, really, really good. And then they told me about this one. And I was like, yeah, give it a go. So I gave him something to aim for, 2,000 points. Made him paint an army as well, which is great. Um, <laughs> a lot of them. Really, really beautiful army. Actually, I've got to say, um, your your army's a it's a trident realm mm-hmm. with a lot of water. Effects. You're telling me it's got a lot of um, kind of silicon type stuff to make the water in the bases. It's really beautiful. Thank you. A lot of uh, shells and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all real beach wear. Yeah, yeah. Just swear words from the lot. Yeah, swear until dead. Dead. David, you've got undead. One of the yes, three undead, undead armies is here. Yes, I uh, love my undead. Been undead player for. Back yeah. in the day, from there, um, and it's the only armor I've got. Yeah. So did you ask him who who got into wargaming first? He did. Yeah, same time actually, I'd say. We've been walking past a certain other shop we had mentioned, but they're much larger than Mantic. I got dragged in, and that was how it was. It started from there when he was about six. Oh, bless. Yeah. Like Warhammer, you Warhammer refugees? Did you play right the way through till the Sundering? Or I stopped a little bit because of university and life. Away. Yep. Um, and then I came back when Sigma first landed, right. and everyone hated it. Yep. First, admittedly, I did as well. Um, we didn't know what we were doing, and then I kind of missed the whole rank and flank, like the fire was like, I absolutely love it. And then we heard about Kings of War. Yeah, I did. It was told a multi basin that sold it for me, really. The yeah. fact that you can get a unit and make a diorama and then just like create this wicked scene and make it look cool. Yeah, oh, absolutely yeah. loved it. And the whole and the the painter side of me, the monitor side, just that was it. I was in it. So we haven't played many games. This, this Do you first. not play against each other? Or? Every oh, yeah. now and then, yeah. yeah. Every now and then. But this is our first time we've played in this show. Play real people. Yeah. Play with real yeah. people. Does yeah. he not count as a real person because you made him? That, depends, that, right? if I, that <laughs> depends if I beat him or not. <laughs> Which never happens. Um, so, but yeah, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Um, it's very, very simple. Yeah. Really easy to learn. Yeah. Even simple for him to learn. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not getting involved in this. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm used to it. Domestic at a minute. Mm. Um, He's walking home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two days walk. <laughs> yeah, really, really good. Really yeah. enjoying it. Lovely people. Yeah, it's a nice people. It's a nice, scene, nice to try different armies as yeah, well. Yeah, the scene here is a lot better than mm. other certain yeah. games. Companies we shan't mention. They're much more fierce and much more competitive. Yeah, but there's no one here that's really gamey and stuff like that. No, it's yeah. really You haven't played me yet, so I know. Exactly. I'll show you. <laughs> if, you know, if I start winning games, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Oh, is that what you got to do? I'm yeah. sure it wasn't really that. I mean, just turn up and walk off your prize. I didn't win that. Sometimes that is what happens. Not here Prizes, no. Down for the wooden spoon. Down for the wooden spoon. Oh, you've got to beat me yet. Yeah. That could be an interesting challenge. Yeah. So you reckon, so have you, is it both losses or have you? I actually won my last game. Ah, you won against me then because I lost both. Yeah. Ah, sorry. <laughs> yes. I actually won my last game. Uh, just got one point, I'll take it. Wins a win. Yeah, wins a win. I killed some dogs. Woohoo! Uh, who, who were you playing, Mike? I was playing Simon. Yes. Ah, so sorry, so sorry with my last, I, it was my first round opponent. Sai's a very good player. Yes, I found that very out very rapidly. Yeah. Northern Alliance. Yeah, he's yes. playing Northern Alliance yes. as well. So, um, Those dogs are Horrible. They are horrible, but the army, that's the only fast bit of the army. Everything else is pretty slow in the mm. line. It's pretty hitty, but quite yeah. slow. So mm. if you outspeed them, it kind of works a little bit better, I think. I've not played them, actually. It was my first game against the Alliance, actually. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was an interesting experience. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That was my first game in Northern Ireland. Yeah, they're interesting. Certainly. Okay, so, so what was your, your what would you would you change something about your, your list uh, mine or no I've got to learn this army it'll stay with me I should just keep learning it I don't flip between armies it costs too much money and takes too long so you've made the army now is this army played. until version 4 um, is that what you <laughs> no but this army until I learn to play it properly and I understand the rules inside out and just do it without sheets and notes and scribbled paper what well, I don't know is that he has a box of the Bristol Dwarves at home sitting there on the loft and they are gross to be fair in this, in this yeah. they are absolutely a very big box he's already said I'm going to start Bristol Dwarfs when I get back. Yeah. 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 They're just yeah. putting together, won't be playing. Six war machines, three hordes of golems, yeah. off you go. That's about lots of stuff, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be in time, all in good time. At least I'm a rest. Another six months and the rest. Cool. Well, it's nice talking to you guys. Very nice to meet you. And good luck with the rest of the tournament. Thank you. Okay. All right, I'm here with Mr. Simon Cooper. Hello, Simon. Hello. <laughs> so I've talked about Simon already on this podcast because uh, Simon is my tournament buddy. He's my he's my tournament go-to to keep me company in the car. Um, and you, no one else would have him, that's why. No one else will have me. That is absolutely accurate. My only ability. You're supposed to be keeping me awake and you usually fall asleep on the, <laughs> on the way back. So, Simon, you won. You have, you you are king of the tournament. Champion. Yes. Lucky, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it was all luck, 100%. Let me say that last game. The last game. two games were. <laughs> so you bought your, your your GW Fat Ogres. Yeah. Um, so how are, what's the, what's give me the philosophy behind your army. So it's a double shield breakers, you've got berserkers, you've got uh, berserker three boomers. Breakers, two beamer hordes. Two beamer hordes. Uh, chariot regiment. Yep. And then backed up with um, ogre characters, which are some of the best characters in the game because they're not individual. They're yeah, so good. It, which it's I love. really hard and objective-based games. I'm finding it really tough. And three, uh, three blasters, three red goblin blasters. Yes, and three blasters, which didn't do as amazing as I'd thought, but there we go. I think that people have slightly cottoned on it. I think a decent range threat in the first kind of couple of turns, because they've got that decent yeah. grenade lobbing stuff. I think the fact that the enemy have to kill them, and they're quite hard to kill, is the key with them. Yeah. I think I used them badly in the event, because I hid them, afraid they were going to die, and I wanted to get the charge with them. Yeah. I think what I should have done is just gone, charge me. 65 point chaff, defence <laughs> 5... And um, uh, okay, nerve. That I think is awesome for chaff. Yeah. Forget the exploding bit. People will pay sixty-five points for defense five high yeah. nerve. There was an interesting bit in our game, which we'll come on to in a bit, whereby I charged one and I hadn't killed it, and yeah. you suddenly thought, "I don't actually want to charge you with this. I, I want to not charge you with this because I don't yeah. want to blow up." Yeah. Um, well, me blowing up, what's the point? It's a horde of undead, I'll do, what, 10 points of damage? Yeah. Wasn't it into, a, like, a pointless chaff piece? No, it was a chaff piece. It was into some rev cavalry, um, and you didn't want to waste the boomer on a unit that was going to die anyway, because you were charging yeah. it with something yeah. else. Yeah, which failed. <laughs> yeah, which didn't work, because they're amazing. Anyway, tell, me, tell us, what was, your, what was your first game? Who were you against first? Um, I don't know, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, Dave. Dave David Griggs. Ah, David Griggs, yeah. New, they're quite new to the game. Yeah. Played him before. Came with his dad. I've interviewed yeah. him. Which is great, great sports, great players. Played them at the doubles event at Mantic HQ earlier in the year. Yeah, apparently that was their first tournament. Yeah. Don't know how many they've been to since then, but they've gotten a lot better. And it was good seeing David again, playing, knowing the rules and yeah, and getting into it. Plus so. he had an excellent choice of uh, Pikachu-themed gear, which <laughs> I appreciate. Yeah. Well, so we talked to him about his game a little bit um, already. So who was your second opponent? Jack. Yes. Jack. Jack Bishop, his name. Oh, yeah. Another from new, Wales, came from Swansea. Another new person, I think, to the game from, from what I know. But he knew what he was talking about. And that was a very tricky game. 
It was. He was very technical and neither of us were charging and manoeuvre this and angle that. And I'm like, he's going to charge my flank. And he didn't. And he thought I was going to charge and I didn't. And it's like, <laughs> just all of this fancy manoeuvre. So and he stuff. had forces but of nature? He had forces of nature, elementals. Uh, the fire elementals, which were nasty. Yeah. Fire shamblers, which he admitted weren't great, and yeah, they're not not brilliant. So I think he'll be changing those. It's not very thematic, is it? Taking fire elementals with forest shamblers. You well, know. they didn't. <laughs> get, they didn't <laughs> get near each other. They didn't go near each other, so they were okay. Oh, that's all right. Okay. And he had tree herder. He had. Um... Very interesting tree herder tactic. Gave it brew of haste, so it vanguarded. Yeah. Uh, Fourteen inches in the first turn. Mm. Which meant I could, he stayed out of my twelve inch range on my turn for my ogres, but he was within his range. So if I went first, I wouldn't be able to charge him. But if he went first and he did, he was able to charge me in his turn one. Right. Through trees, so he was he ignored him because of pathfinding. And Strider got Strider. And that too. You you can stick but, a tree herder into something incredible, like a long a long base horde is brilliant. Yeah. But he just sits in crushing. front of it and just doesn't die. Yeah. It's really good. But I was able to deal with it, I'm glad to say, and he admitted that may not have been the best tactic. It's just so much but, crushing in your list, right? And it's high defence. It's defence six, high nerve, inspiring, and iron resolve, I believe, so it got a wing back. The tree herder. The tree herder, It's yeah. um, uh, aura of life, isn't it? Radiance of life. That's the one. Okay. Yeah, radiance Whatever of life. So, yeah, it's just quite ridiculous. It's really um, good. That was the thing, point. right? So I came over, because I finished my game quite early, because Russell threw the hat in. Um, turn four, um, <laughs> bless him. And then, so I came over and I looked at the board and I was like, "Ah, oh, that's a shame. That's a shame <laughs> for Simon. Bad news." Because you had a few units left, and it was literally ringed, ringed around. He's he, he kind of like backed you away into a corner, and I thought, "Ah, uh, that's it, Simon's And he was yeah. pretty. And you'd got. I think you popped off to Lou or something. And he he was pretty confident. He's like, I've yeah. got this. I know he, what I'm going to do. I'm going to smash him. I think him. he may he took a few risks because he thought he was in a better position. Yeah. He thought he could achieve something, move here, flank round here, go round there, yeah. surge something in one direction, you know, all of that fancy stuff. Yeah. But it didn't quite pull off. Maybe he overstretched or thought he could do more. I'm not sure. But I did something similar. I thought, I'll do this. It'll lead on to this. It'll lead on to that. And it all fell apart. So we both kind of Something like that. I think so. I got as a lucky roll with a unit, killed something that shouldn't have died, and mm. it was kind of like all fell apart from that point onward. Cool. Cool. So that was that game. So, that, yep. so your first game was a 25, point, like max point victory. Yeah. Second one, one was 22 points, I believe. 22. Which put me, I think, at the highest, sort of second or something. No, you were highest. I was highest. 25, yeah. I got double 25. And then I was second. So I knew, I knew at some point, so Simon and I uh, have been friends as long as I've played Kings of War, and we've played a lot of times, but I've never played you in a competition, yeah, and you always not rank higher than me. Not friendly matches. <laughs> not always higher. Clash of Kings, Apart you were Clash, fourth. That, that doesn't count. But, um, <laughs> doesn't count. Doesn't count. We Biggest don't, I don't event like. in the world. So I don't like to talk count. about it, Simon. Yeah, it's just not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Um so then, so I knew I was gonna. I, I knew I was gonna be facing your ogres, and I was quietly confident. And I tell you why I was quietly confident because I have played a lot of ogre lists with version three. Because um, the two guys that I play online on Universal Battle both play ogre lists, and I'm like, okay, I know ogres. So I wasn't worried about playing ogres. I was worried about playing you. Um, <laughs> you were confident, but I don't think you were quietly confident. Anything but quiet. I'm hey. I'm a very. I'm shy and retiring. You just don't <laughs> understand me. Anyway, so so we faced off, um, and I'll, I'll do a proper battle report and all that kind of stuff. But um, my tactic through this whole competition has was um, distract on one side, punch through the other, right? 
and people have been deploying. So I've, I've put some stuff down and people deploy heavily against like it's the Revenants or whatever. They don't think about the scenario. And they don't they think so, yeah. right, And so yeah. then I've been putting stuff on the other side or vice versa, right? So I like put werewolves. And so um, my okay. first opponent um, side deployed right loads against these werewolves that okay. then just ran away. So that allowed me to take the body of my army and punch through. Yeah. So I tried to do the same against sneaky. you, but it, I didn't do it right because it was we were playing plunder, and the, I I deployed my punchy stuff against the one point tokens to get it. And I was I, I looked at it. That's why when I remember the beginning, I said I've made a mistake, and you said right. I don't know what you've made. I sh- I put them on the right hand side because there was a hill and I wanted to charge off that hill. I should have put them on the left where there was that like terrain because I, I could have had more times to, to punch around then. So I think I messed up from the beginning. Anyway, but tell us about. So, what were you, what was your thoughts when you came in? Because you were facing my undead. Although you're undead quite well, I've played them a few times. Um, <laughs> quite elitist when it comes to some undead. Yep. The first player I played was undead, uh, David, and he had the lower defence but slightly more units, so yep. more men, more yep. stuff to kill. Mm. But each thing was a bit easier to kill. Um, and I think with experience, he'll get better. And the stuff that he had that was nasty was he he risked and I killed it quite quickly. Yeah. Whereas your you didn't risk your nasty stuff quite so but easily. Well you say um, that that's made it harder to kill to beat your nasty units. Apart from in the first turn when I I, <laughs> was, I deployed well, the very first turn I moved up and put my, my wraiths um next to a house and I checked and I said your chariots are definitely in my flank. Yeah. Do you agree them you are yeah definitely in my flank and I'm like, well you can't charge then. And I didn't say the magic words I didn't say, do you confirm? <laughs> you this this is an interesting me. topic, actually. A lot of people in the community talk about this. What are you supposed to say? Can you say, can you charge me? Yeah. If, say, if do you people agree? said, can you charge my flank, I'd have said, yes, I think so. Yeah. So I didn't and I'm okay it. to admit that. I'm okay to admit that, honestly. It's because you said you're in my flank, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm in, I'm, I'm in his flank. And there's a millimetre I'm going to charge into. And I can see it, yeah. Yeah, I poked out. Um, so I didn't <laughs> quite measure it properly. And so on the second turn, you you flank charged my wraiths with your chariots. And, and only just managed to kill them. Yeah, well, they're 26. <laughs> they're, bast- yeah, they're nasty. And yeah. um, But you've got, you know, Crush One Thunderous too. so... But then I did um, put my um, Soul Reaver Cab back into the chariots and wipe them yeah. off, which is a points trade is uh, better, more in my favour. I think, yes, because my chariots are more expensive than your wraiths, which is an irony. But uh, I think your yeah. wraiths are better. They are <laughs> good, but your shambling hit on fours is the thing. Yeah. And they're height two and you're height four. So. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, so, anyway, so um, from that point onwards, I was struggling. Because yes. my whole strategy was to put stuff into my race and then knock yeah. them with other stuff, right? You ploughed around the flank sooner than I thought you would. Yeah. My thinking was jump on the objectives and run away, which is essentially what I did. Yeah, I, I saw that was happening. And that was why I said from the beginning, because I see you grab, you picked up three of the, to- so two, a two and a one with uh, just a little character. Yeah, a, a bully, a bully. Like a bully, right? Which is hilarious. And I was like, I knew that was going to happen and that was a mistake. It's fine, but I just need to wrap around. But I was quite pleased about how far I did wrap around because I did manage to kill everything off and I kind of, blunted your charges and stuff and i was coming in all right and then you made a really heinous mistake which it is... wasn't a mistake it was a miscalculation <laughs> so you do you picked up the two-point token with the siege breakers who were 11 or 12 inches 12, away 13 inches 12 away or 13 inches away from my revenant horde and you turned 180 and you i tried to turn rear. around so if you could charge me you'd be in the flank but i didn't think you could because i worked out your surge wasn't enough to get your undead into my unit. Yeah. But I've forgotten Morgoth's ability. Yeah, so um so, yeah. we flew Morgoth over and we and you took a rear charge from a, a horde of revenants. Note note to the rules committee, Morgoth is broken. <laughs> He's not. So anyway, so um we I wiped them off and at that point um 
you were in a difficult position, right? So you had a, yes. a one-point token on the right-hand flank, which, you know, it was on some berserkers and I had some werewolves and I had a dragon. And then on the left-hand flank, you had three points worth of tokens on a single character that was legging it. Yeah. Um, and we rolled it out, we rolled it out, and I kind of, I rolled through a lot of the units at that point and it was looking really dastardly. And it reached the end of turn five and I have one chance. So if I move Morgoth forward, drain life, um, kill the bully, then yeah. I win. And I, I and you timed had two, out. three turns to do it, but you ran out of time. On the second <laughs> time. Token. I timed so. out. <laughs> Again, that's a good lesson, though, because I think you did other things that you didn't need to do. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I wasn't and really I've done paying. that so often. You know, 30 seconds left and you're moving this, you're yeah. counting your dice out, and it's like, no, don't do that. Yeah. So another Avella victory put you in good standing for this season, but we've got uh, <laughs> Masters coming up on Saturday. Yeah. And I'm you not are thinking I'm going to win that one. And you are playing in Masters. Yay. And you're taking Abyssal Dwarfs, version two Abyssal Dwarfs. Yeah, Abyssal Dwarfs. It's the army that got me to there so over the last year. Yeah, you're one of two Abyssal Dwarf players. We were looking at the list yeah. yesterday, 11 evil players. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> gone evil. I think it's 16 evil players. Yeah, I think it's going to be... Uh, <laughs> the yeah. armies aren't evil, but no, the players, the players are. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be really fun. <laughs> So, so you just, uh, are you there, are you going to win? Are you going to just enjoy yourself? Or are you just going to take I'm going to enjoy game? it. It's my first time at the Masters, probably yeah. my last time. I don't think I'll qualify again. I just, I says the man who I just got know. first place in the first Cursion 3 tournament it in Canada. It's a backwater tournament. Actually, I'm a reigning players. champion now. Reigning champion. Yeah, I've won both of their events. <laughs> which is dodgy because they're my gaming group, the friends. So, you know, it's odd that I won. <laughs> it, is, it is fixed. I agree. But hey. I'll, I'll slip them the money later. Yeah, slip the money later there. <laughs> anyway, good luck on Saturday. Thank you. I will be driving you there. So we'll have a chat on the way. I guess we'll have another chat on the way. Yeah. People are going to be sick of you. All right, we'll do another interview then. <laughs> All right. I'm Andy2D6, the Orange Legend, and you're listening to Counter Charge. Get ready to charge those counters. All right. Um, we are post-event, and it was all a bit busy, so I'm catching up a bit later with my good friends, which is Mr. Richard Miller and Mr. Stephen Donovan. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello. You're in your, your shared house where you live together, just two of you living in harmony all day. Actually, Stephen, do you have a house or do you actually live at Richard's house? Because I've only ever seen you at Richard's house. I just assume you live there. Yeah, just in the shed in the garden. <laughs> the shed, or as he calls it, the studio. Yeah. So cool. So cool, guys. We are we have finished with uh, Welcome to Panathor. How did it go for you? How, did the, how was the event as, as TOs? Uh, re- really good. Ran super smooth. Uh, no major problems. Uh, a few third edition rules queries, but other than that, uh, good feedback. Everybody behaved. No issues. So super happy. N- nearly everyone behaved. I mean, you've got to, you've got to watch that Simon Cooper. He's uh, a <laughs> he's a <laughs> he's a poor behaving man. Um, cool. And you uh, you moved the venue. So last year you held your first tournament. Um, which was in Worcester War Games, and you upgraded because it, it got too big for Worcester War Games, which is a great sign, right? Yeah, numbers, which is what we want to see. Growth, growth is always the uh, the thing we were looking for. So the second the numbers got to a certain point, we probably could have managed it uh, just a bait, but it's just a comfort because we said after a certain number, things like uh, toilets and uh, space, just general space, you need. Yeah, I mean, you 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 enjoyed Worcester War Games last time downstairs. Obviously, we only had ten players. Uh, technically, there's enough room for boards to have 10 boards, so 20 players. 
Um, but I think you'd probably agree that 20 players down there would probably be a little on the tight side. <laughs> to be fair, the difference between playing in the basement of a game store, a very kind of low ceilinged concrete basement, whilst, you know, intimate and uh, a focused gaming environment doesn't quite compare to the beautiful kind of, was it like arched vaulted hall that we played <laughs> in, which is nice and airy and had a kitchen. I, yeah. My vote goes to the to the to the institute we played in, definitely. Yes, it, it's a really nice hall. It's a it's a very old building, one of the older buildings in Worcester. Um, so yeah, it's got got a good feel to it. It was very cool. So, but for people that might not be familiar with uh, uh, you know, the UK scene or you know the Midlands scene, tell us a little bit about Celestial Forge and what you guys do in the Midlands. Initially, we were commission painters, and we realised that was a terrible idea because it's boring, isn't it? Painting alone is boring, and then painting for other people for money was was terrible. Uh, and then the tournament scene, because we really liked the idea of putting on nice boards, right? Because, I mean, you get a lot of places that run good events, uh, but having something that's really thematic and really uh, draws you in, just something we want to put on. So we did... The first tournament, sort of, uh, as you know, for quite a while, we were waiting to wait for that moment to strike, weren't we, to get yeah. the, the best tournament that we could do. But we feel like we hit that and then uh, managed to pull off something, I mean, substantially better. Um, so basically, we're aiming that now, really, for just running tournaments. And um, we kind of want to move on to video battle reports, which is the sort of the next rung on the ladder. Only idiots do video battle reports, mate, let me <laughs> tell you. But well, we weren't going to do any, and then we saw this Death by Dragons, and we thought, well, if this guy's doing it, God, any, anyone can, you know what I mean? We thought we'll, we'll get in on that. No, part, of, part of your thing is the aesthetic, right? If you start as, like, uh, as painters and Steph, you know, your your um, commission painting service, which you had, and you're, you know, a really amazing talent at painting. But the aesthetics of what you guys do is, is really important to you, isn't it? How, how does that work between the two of you? So who's kind of who's who's the creative driving force for creating the battlefields and making all the terrain? And that kind of stuff? How does it? How do you split it between the two of you? Gosh, yeah, it, it's fairly it's fairly even, I would say. I'd say Rich is probably more the workhorse than I am as far as uh, chugging out more stuff. If, if I suppose, it's, but it's very mixed. Uh, normally, one of us will have an idea, um, do a little bit of research and get an idea, see what mats are available. Um, Obviously, the Mantic Mat, uh, the map even, uh, gave us a lot of ideas. And we it was kind of slim pickings before. But since then, they've obviously yeah, really the, grown. Yeah, the, the, the addition of, of an awful lot more fluff in third is is helping to, to give ideas and identity to the boards that we're creating. So, yeah, it's, it's roughly a 50-50. But, but the ideas bounce around and then we'll we'll play test on the mats to make sure that you get that, that perfect point between um, aesthetics and playability. Um, because creating a map that that looks gorgeous um, in Kings is is fine, but you've got to make sure that there isn't so much scenery down that you can't move around it. So, what like that bloody dwarf map that I had to pay on the the first game that was <laughs> five pieces of blocking terrain and three forests. I'm just saying aesthetics, guys. That was that was tough. I think we find it was forwards, sir. Forwards, not three. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> forwards. <laughs> But no, yeah, I mean, but that obviously that adds a challenge, right? The idea is that you have something where you can go, well, this is, I haven't played on one like this. It's not like every map you played on the same would have four woods, in which case we'd agree with you. But I, I think the idea is you want to have the challenge of your opponent and what you're playing on. Yeah, just saying that so the, so the maps are each, each hopefully, uh, individual, um, offer a completely different challenge within the bounds of acceptable as far as amounts of trains it's it's pushing the boundaries within the limits that we think are acceptable 
um, and making sure that the winning the dice off um, is definitely useful, uh, but not a game killer. So where do you sit between like tournaments that um, I've seen quite a few tournaments that go for the same map on every single table that changes each round so that there's more fairness in the balance across the tournament? Obviously, you go right down the other end, which is making sure that every table is very different. So you get a different experience depending on where you're playing. Where do, where do you guys sit on, on the difference between those two? Well, I, I mean, fundamentally, the, the game comes down to it's, it's, it is somewhat random. And I'm sure we've all been to those tournaments where... I know I have, where you turn up beforehand and you kind of clock a few boards and go, oh, that's really nice. And then a bunch where you go, oh, God, I hope I don't end up on that board. I think having that level, I mean, Kings is a balanced game, right? But obviously the terrain is part of the challenge, as is your opponent's army and how they play. And I think you can't really ever quantify that to have it level. So you kind of just have to accept that, I mean, as long as, as Rich said, right, as long as the boundaries aren't so crazy that you go, well, playing on this means you just lose the game. I think you just kind of got to roll with it. And one, one person's idea of a completely balanced map that they'd be really, really happy with is another player's nightmare. Depends on whether they're um, fast, whether they're infantry, whether they're uh, just pure artillery. Um, so making sure that you've got a reasonable mix in there. Um, so uh, bearing in mind things like um, you don't want one side with two hills in the deployment with complete and a perfect view because... Um, that that isn't going to work out if you happen to stumble across the artillery army. But yes, yeah, so aesthetics is very important. Playability is very important. I I think fairness across the tournament is fine, and there will be people that get unlucky with the the maps that they're that they're drawn on. Sure. Um, but I'd rather take that. I don't think you can have the. Uh, I think out of the sort of like three topics, you can't have all three of them perfect. Um, so you need to balance it out. And, and as you get to bigger tournaments, so you guys are growing, you know, as you get to 20 players plus, having to reset every single table every round just adds to the complication, it adds to the admin, and, and it adds to, you know, no one has 10 sets of identical scenery. So there's going to be variation, right? So Yeah. It's better to look at, I think, as well, aesthetically, because your, your, your comment of having each board the same would be probably the fairest that you could possibly get again assuming that everyone didn't want you know their, their version of fairness didn't work but aesthetically it'd be terrible you'd be seeing just the same board it wouldn't even matter anymore and it's sort of from a pure game uh, or it'd standpoint, be cardboard yeah styrene <laughs> rubbish yeah stacked up and, and god isn't that fair and even but terrible so yeah that's the way we prefer to run it and obviously other people have other ways of doing it so that's fair enough it's your tournament your rules and you run it the way you want and actually you know aesthetics is a big appeal isn't it if things look nice people want to come and i know we talked a bit about um where you want to go next with the aesthetics so you know if you think about the the big tournaments across the globe that really made people go wow you know you've got people like uh, rob Fenerf of this podcast who does you know great battle sets for um blue city brawl um, and there was that tournament in Argentina, which had the most ludicrous terrain I've ever <laughs> seen. Yeah, they, they've got lots of very, very good themed board, lots of ideas. That's probably the closest that we've seen as far as Kings to the direction that we're heading in. Yeah, um, I think I think some of the boards um, looked very, very nice, but I would have struggled to play on with certain lists. Um, but once again, they've got they've got lots of boards, lots of variation, lots of options. So yeah, leading to what we were saying about variety, there you can't look at any of those boards and go, oh, they're a bit samey. The whole point is that it's, <laughs> it's at least for the eyes, right? The whole point is that you, I mean, for me, my sort of concept is is that these people spend years sometimes painting these armies up, 
And there's nothing worse than turning up and then plunking it down on some terribly done three minute thrown together board that you think that's completely just killed everything that they've done to a certain point because that game the whole aesthetics just kind of just goes in terms of that right so i've been been thinking and talking a lot recently about uh, aesthetics and particularly army aesthetics and your comment about people that spend years and years painting and you know you guys are really high level painters and aesthetics isn't it time we started to see um you know a bit more of an influence of soft scores in our in our tournaments right and i'll tell you my reasoning why so i know we have paint awards right but paint awards in because because there are painters who are of such a high standard that no one else has a chance right you know if you go to a tournament that chris goes to or dan reed goes to or you go to um painters who are good but not that great aren't going to win and i went to a tournament down south it was a doubles tournament and i saw um, they put put your armies out for best painted, and I didn't put mine out because it wasn't very well painted. It was an army that I'd just taken along, and I saw someone else's army that actually was well painted. I was like, "Why haven't you put it out?" He's like, "I'm not going to win. There's no point." And it made me feel really sad because actually, he's right. You're not going to win because there's just better painted armies there. So if you had an element of a paint score that went into an overall, and acknowledging you know the master's decision has been you know your battle score counts towards your master's ranking that's fine but if you had an overall award where paint was a part of it i'd feel more incentivized because i spent a lot of time painting my army and i know i wasn't going to win best painting but i'm actually really proud of where i've got to compared to how i was painting a year ago right but i had no reason to do that i could have just bought gray plastic or you know three color base i know right but i could have done because it doesn't matter it doesn't matter in our current tournament system isn't there a place for paint scores tournament organizers richard miller and stephen donovan there definitely is a place, um, and I I don't know whether that place is for our next tournament. Um, I think being, I think a, a basic ten point boost to tournament points for having a fully painted army encourages people to at least not bring grey plastic for sure. Because the the hardened tournament gamers that just take a cookie cutter list off the off the the web and go, oh, this is filth. I I want to win an event at least then they're less likely to win if you just get that basic 10 points. But most of the hardened real, the, the, there isn't hardly any in Kings, to be fair, but you do get it uh, more so with 40k. War machines. Uh, war machine, yeah. where people will just literally throw the money at it, collect that specific list and then go out to win and having a, a, a an additional base points to add on for your for your painting will at least discourage that behavior um i think i think with as the numbers increase i'd completely agree me and steph have already discussed that at our next event if the numbers are close or more i i think we'll have a well what was it it's going to be a higher echelon where effectively we go around and and look and then we'll nominate people um so the top six armies that we really, really like then get um, yeah, nomination nomination certificates as well so that it's not just the best painted and so that more painters are being recognised. Yeah, I get, I, I do get that and I get that, but that's not enough of an incentive. Do you see what I mean? Um, I, just, I just feel like, um, and I get that, you know, when we're still dealing with low number tournament, the fact of the matter is Kings of War is a nice scene. I've never seen, apart from Simon, a great plastic army. 
Um, <laughs> um, I've never seen it. People just don't bring it because they've got a vague sense of pride in doing it. And I think that's lovely. But actually, recognising the quality, even if it's a rubric which is capped quite low, at least people have got something to aim for and they'll know then. So I'll know that my paint scores are increasing and that's going to impact on my overall score. So, you know, the battle score counts towards thing. But if, if you actually have an overall you know, you make quite clear that it doesn't impact on your master's rank or anything like that. But there's an overall that incorporates a paint score. I think it's it's something to work towards. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, uh, I've always said it to Rich. I'm the game is it's a three three tier system thing, right? So basically, three points of a game is how well can you play, how well is it painted, and basically, are you a pleb? Are you turning up and just being horrible? So there's your sportsman, your painting, and your, your gamesmanship. And all of those in a lot of tournaments, especially in America, they score you for all three. So the guy who comes top is basically should have a really nice army that knows what he's doing, that that's plays really like well, or he's nice to talk to, right? Which all of them should get some benefit. Because I know that I don't want to play against a game against someone who's just yelling abuse and being horrible to play against with an army that's grey, but he smashes me, so therefore... He's just goes far higher up the uh, the scoring. So we've always been on board with the idea of painting scores. The issue is that balance, and I've seen like with some some of the American tournaments because obviously they they're much more they're bigger advocates for the, the the scoring system for painting. Is you've got things like is there freehand you get points? Is there edge highlighting you get points? Is there OSL you get points? And obviously if you go too far down that path, you get people who just aren't capable, and therefore they just then get penalised. So if you strike a balance, yes, I really yeah. I see some some of the the rubrics that I've seen are quite nice because they offer a balance, so you can choose. You can choose. So one of the, you can score points, for example, having a full model count army. You can uh, uh, score points for having an unmodified pure, or you can score points for having an OSL army. It's kind of a nice balance. So if you choose to go down one path, you can. Anyway, it's just it's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. No, I can see it working. We, we have discussed it because I think there is room for that. If balanced properly, I think it could definitely work. So what's next for, you've mentioned another tournament, what's next for Celestial Forge? Where are you going? Um, yeah, get get the video battle reports up and running because it's, it, to be perfectly honest, it, it's been a joke how long it's taken so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's quality is the problem. Right? I because... thought you were joking. Look, mate, quality's not an issue. Trust me, just whack them out. <laughs> yeah, but, but like I, I kind of envy, we envy it to a certain degree right because I, I know for myself uh, and i'm rich to a certain degree definitely is i'm a perfectionist as you said right which on one hand you go oh, look at the attention to detail look, look no zoom in no zoom in they're getting closer look at the eyeball look, look at the lines on that and you go no one cares Steph. but i do right so but at the same time we see so many that's recorded in someone's garage in the dark on a camera phone from the 19 19- 90s that you can barely make out what's going on with like three second commentary and you go well what i would like is obviously some balance some middle ground where we have something that we're proud of much like the tournaments because i mean to be fair the tournaments took us a while to get running yeah but it was worth it because i i I believe and i know rich does the result was worth the time so i I don't want to sit and start going oh it'll be the greatest battle reports you see but i I guarantee it'll be in the top 20 percent for at least for kings if not more because the idea is you should just go this it should just screen quality uh, and as we said also uh, to you, we'll have another tournament aimed in April is the plan. Uh, hopefully bigger. I mean, we, we were a little bit, as you said, a little bit fortunate uh, as to where it landed in relation to second and third edition. Yeah, the London. first third edition tournament in the calendar. Yeah, we'd like we'd like to say that was uh, intentional. Uh, we'll just say it was. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, obviously, we know that numbers dip. But but And also a lot of people were, were, that we played at other tournaments, we kind of coerced and uh, politely prodded. And lots of them did. They backed up what they said and said, we'll see you there. And they did. So um, what we're trying to do is just offer something that's a bit different in the UK or at least in England as far as super high quality terrain, 
you know, that everything, the heights are on it, some fluff per board, all that. So hopefully that alone will give us some kind of headway to sort of standing out amongst all the other tournaments that we have. Yeah, and I think uh, with the with the game going with third edition, I think there's definitely room. I think that um, there's definitely room for more tournaments, more local tournaments. And if we can build the... The, the main aim for, for Worcester is to build the, the player base of, of Worcester itself. We know an awful lot of ex-fantasy players that are currently not playing Kings. And one of the main issues is because the, the scene isn't big enough yet. Yeah. So it's it's making sure that the, the, the player base will grow um, as we lay on more and more tournaments. And then we'll get more and more local people seeing that Kings is a viable option. Because nobody wants to rebase all of their things and commit to a game and buy the rule books if they think that the, the scene won't be supported in the area. So we know that just offering one tournament or an introduction day isn't going to be the, the only thing. So so grow the scene. Yep. Have more tournaments. For sure, yeah. Um, hopefully a doubles tournament. Um, uh, at least a two-day one we're going to do. A two-day, a doubles, and at some point a two-day narrative campaign tournament that isn't ranked um, is on the cards. It would be really, really nice. Um, so we'll hopefully go to your one-day tournament if you haven't plugged that yet. Plug, plug, plug. Um, <laughs> it's coming. I'm going I'm to use my power to make a whole episode about it. I'm going to force the rest of them to interview me. Talk to me! Um, and and narrative tournaments, narrative tournaments I really really like. I've I've run a few in the past on different systems, um, and we would go full full narrative, so it wouldn't be anywhere near being ranked, um, and it would be hopefully a laugh. Why not? And uh, worst case scenario, people don't show interest, and we just carry on doing what we're doing anyway. So yeah. Plus, you, you guys need to get you guys to the Masters. You're you're two of you are two of, if not the best players in our region. And, you know, you're not, because you're organising tournaments, you've kind of given up your opportunity to play in the tournaments that would uh, lead to you getting ranked. And the rankings have changed this year. So you guys to go to more one days. You know, this is your year. Surely this is the year, right? Is well, it not? No, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, there's, only two, there's only two Midlands players in the Masters this this year. It's, it's not good enough. We, we've got we've got some from the Midlands going at least, which is something. And yeah. one of one of our gaming groups specifically is uh, uh, representing, which is definitely nice. And yeah. we'd like to see more more of that. But uh, we're quite we're quite lazy. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> I, think, I think I think I just squeezed in four events last year and played terribly in two. And I think Rich didn't even hit the minimum quota. No, I think I was the highest highest ranked. Three, three game three tournament player. But we haven't checked that. So is that I'm. <laughs> I'm a reasonable player for the tournaments that I bothered to attend. And I really, really enjoy them. It's just it's just time. And obviously... A Saturday um, tournament is the big thing for us, isn't it? Yeah. A one-day Saturday tournament we really, really struggle with. So two days. So, uh, But obviously, uh, like looking ahead, we've got uh, your tournament, your one-day tournament. Uh, we've got the two-day that Northern Kings are running. Yeah, we're probably going to that. Um, that looks pretty good. Looks it, and they always win tournaments really, really well. So. Yeah, the one we went to. What did we go to? Coming Storm, was it? Coming Storm, I Just think. My first my first ever tournament. Ah, oh, happy happy memories. Yeah, we want to support the scene by going to them as well, right? Because we, we were talking to, was it Janice, was it? That has, yeah. Has it, we, we planned a tournament, and then uh, we in the calendar, because of the way it fell between certain anniversaries and Easter Sunday, we were looking and sort of going, oh... And the venue not being available. And the venue not being available. Which is always the, the problematics. So at the moment, the the possible date is is obviously the, the day, day, after. day after they're running the Easter Easter. Um, so we'll... We'll look to see whether we can rejig it to another weekend. Yeah, and we'd uh, like to then show up to said events because um, it's important to push for them, isn't it? So. Yeah. So, so yeah, going to more tournaments, oh, that'd be nice. winning more tournaments, 
some video battle reports. More everything is what we're saying. More, more of all of the above. Maybe, maybe, maybe you consider running a tournament where Simon Cooper doesn't win. Is that well, something you've considered? Only, there's only one person in this call that's had a chance to stop that, my friend. And, we uh, were, we weren't playing. <laughs> I think, I think everybody, everybody, everybody that's listening to this is fully aware that the that the ineptitude of like the the, <laughs> the, the, the the disgraceful showing of somebody on this call to. To, to lose in the final game, I mean, there's only one person to blame. It was there. Wasn't I, time, it? I timed out. It doesn't count as a proper loss, right? Oh, it timed out. So, so not only were you losing, I was uh, winning. I was, I was winning. I was oh. one roll away from winning. One roll away from winning. Right, so, this is over. We're finished. Uh. <laughs> so, so, so the time. So you're saying that, that you lost purely on your own. It's my, yes, my own incompetence. Too chatty. <laughs> <laughs> they never believe it, Steve. Uh, no, it's fair enough. It's fair enough. All right, cool. And don't forget to stay engaged or disengage. And then charge again. And then maybe charge again. Would you like that? Is that okay? Can, can, we, can we disengage and charge something else instead of countercharging? The surging counter. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on... Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. In this theory, in this plan, are we are we charged on two fronts? He's never interviewed us again. You do know that, right? The flank and the front and the rear. Can he, we disengage? He might not even talk to us in person after this. One. I'm just. <laughs> I, I, I really hate you guys.